Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Voices of E-Learning. I'm your host as always, J.W. Marshall with MarketScale, and we're so glad that you found us today. Our guest on this episode is Joe Morrison. He is the founder and CEO of Concourse. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? Doing really well, and we just recently had Joe on an education industry roundtable. Thank you for joining that, and uh, we're so excited to have you on this show. Before we get into our questions and our conversation, if you could give our audience a little bit of background on yourself and a little bit of background on Concourse. Sure. Yeah, so my background is uh, in technology, so I, I really was passionate about computer science in the early days, and I worked in computer music and supply chain software, and eventually landed up in financial technology on Wall Street. And I got interested in education. It all started with a trip to China that my wife and I took a long time ago. Um, we grew to love the country and she ended up starting a company helping Western universities build their field teams in Asia. It turns out it's one of those niches that people don't really know a lot about, but um, universities need their own people in different markets. And she built a really great consulting company to help with that. Um, and what happened at the end is that she convinced me to leave Wall Street and come join her. And so I actually took a job at her company. We moved back to China and I spent a few years getting immersed in sort of higher education marketing, having lunch, uh, you know, with uh, recruiters every day um, and learning a lot about the industry. And ultimately, I had an idea based on what I was seeing around me and learning um, for a software company that I thought could transform the industry and put my two kind of worlds together, my, my software background and my new knowledge about education. And that's what led to Concourse. That's great. And so that's kind of how you got into EdTech and your inspiration for Concourse. What is the key problem that Concourse solves? Yeah. It's actually two problems that are two faces of a coin, really. Um, the first problem that really became clear after a while is that university admissions has gotten too complicated. You know, one of the things that, especially as you know, a newcomer, you know, coming into education for the first time a few years ago, people were explaining to me about all the different systems and application platforms and early decision and early action and what's your strategy. And um, it's really hard to navigate. Uh, and especially if you're thinking about the context of international students, they have to do that for multiple countries. Um, and I'd see really smart kids just going crazy with anxiety about college and how to choose and how to apply. And then even worse, I really, I saw a lot of students and families who had the resources hire expert consultants to help them navigate. And I thought, you know, there's an equity problem that needs to be solved. You know, most kids in the world can't afford to hire expert help and they should be able to have better outcomes than they do. Um, so there's that problem. Um, and then the other problem that was related was um, coming back to kind of the origin story um, being surrounded by university recruiters and realizing all the challenges universities have to try to get their story out. And it's, it's very difficult, especially in international education. You know, they, the recruiters might go visit a high school to kind of explain the university to the students and there'd be 10 other recruiters giving up brochures in the you know, cafeteria um, and the students, the information is just not sinking in. Um, and the marketing, electronic marketing from universities is very hard to tell apart. Campuses all look similar to one another. So we realized there's two problems and our crazy idea that we had last year was, you know, actually it shouldn't be students applying to university. You know, what if universities had to apply for students? What would that look like? 
And we realized that by flipping around the marketplace in this crazy way, it would actually solve both of those two problems at the same time. Um, so that's the, the core idea is, you know, students can come to concourse, they're nominated by a counselor and they don't have to apply anywhere. Universities will come find them. And if they're interested in a student, just make them an admission offer. You know, so that solves the problem of how to make applications easier because you don't have to apply anywhere. And it also solves the marketing problem because we tell universities, if you want to tell your story, start by making an offer to the student. And then from there, go to a conversation where you can explain your campus in detail. And uh, so that's the basic idea. That's amazing. And is a lot of this done by hand on the university side or the student side, or is it driven by AI? Uh, how does the platform work? Right. Um, there's a lot of automation. It's, it's actually a very sophisticated platform with about six different portals. There's one for admissions offices, one for recruiters, one for counselors, one for students, one for our own administrators, and they all dovetail to make it work. Um, we don't use AI yet because our numbers aren't big enough to need it. Um, we will be there at some point. I think a lot of people who say they use AI actually aren't doing it. Um, one of the secrets of the, <laughs> of the trade. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a sophisticated technology platform and a mobile app that all kind of dovetail together. Um, the, the basic idea is that a college counselor can create a free account on Concourse very easily, invite their students to create a profile. And most of the platform is around making sure the counselors can review them, certify the profiles and click a button saying, okay, you know, Johnny's ready to receive admission offers now. Um, and once they send that kind of bat signal, if you like, um, the university admission offices can come in, they will discover students that are matched to their criteria. And if they want to make an offer, they can do it right through the platform by just click clicking a button. That's amazing. And so what used to be waiting for the letter in the mail is now happening um, through the internet and students can accept right there on the spot? We've made it really almost instantaneous. I mean, by instantaneous, it's actually a week or two, but uh, we run these cycles every month. And so if a student profile is, you know, if somebody clicks the button saying the student wants offers by the 16th of the month, then within a week or two, they might be holding five or six offers from different universities that all meet their criteria and budget requirements. So it's, it's super immediate. Um, we've seen counselors sometimes if one of their students is kind of freaking out a little bit because they're stressed out about who's going to let them in the university, they say, well, go on concourse. You'll, you'll have offers in a couple of weeks. You'll feel better. You'll feel wanted. Um, it's an empowering process. And hey, maybe one of those offers will be the one you want. And so it could also be the end of your journey. That's amazing. And I would think on the, the college admissions side, it helps them kind of through that process of uh, matriculation in, in real time or, or week by week, month by month versus kind of the old school paper mailing, waiting for responses and the lag time, I guess. Is, is that another benefit for the universities? Right, it cuts down on the lag time and it's true by making it a continuous process, universities can kind of adjust on a month by month basis. And it also allows universities to tailor their enrollment more. Um, because let's say, for example, that, you know, your engineering programs are filling up, but you have some open seats in your environmental studies program, then you can make more offers for those programs, you know, or if you want to, um, yeah, adjust the gender balance or, um, you know, a, even a campus, you can make an offer for a specific campus. Um, so, yeah, it gives universities, we call it active admission, 
you know, for the first time with Concourse, the admissions office doesn't have to sort of just wait to see what comes in for applications. They can go out and get the students they want. That's amazing. And I would imagine the administrations can have more access to real-time data and see how things are looking in more in real time than waiting on certain dates and, you know, that type of thing. I would imagine that they're pretty happy uh, with that to, to be, have more transparency into the, even their own processes. It's true. Yeah, we have a, a really cool dashboard in our software that it shows right up front, you know, what's my admit rate and what's the student interest rate. And, you know, I almost wanted my engineers to like make it look like two speedometers in a car. Uh, they thought that was a little too flashy. <laughs> I kind of like it. It would be cool, right? Um, but but yeah, we the, so the university admissions office can see right up front, um, you know, here's how many students we reviewed. Here was our admit rate. And what we're really proud of is our admit rate last year was 72%, meaning that when you log in to Concourse and you say, here's the list of students that um, are being presented who met my criteria, seven out of 10 times they click the admit button, which is just, there's no other platform in the industry that I think comes anywhere near that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And, and that actually leads into my other, my next question is, you know, who are your competitors or you don't have to name them if you don't want to, but, but what makes you stand out besides that from um, uh, the Common App or Apply Board or, or some of those other companies out there? Right. Uh, yeah, a lot of universities think in terms of what they call the enrollment funnel. You know, this whole idea of you find leads and you feed them into one end of a funnel and then you you know, answer inquiries and you nurture those leads and eventually, hopefully they apply and then you, you know, uh, say yes or no at the very end of it. So we've basically, you know, all of those platforms feed the traditional enrollment funnel, you know, in one way or another, you know, um, the common app is, you know, for students to self-enter applications, apply board helps agents submit those applications. We've basically taken that whole funnel and tossed it out the window. <laughs> and we said, you know, it really should be other way around. Um, there shouldn't even be an application. You know, because actually the reason applications we feel like are the root of the problem is that they're rationed. You know, like at a lot of schools, students can't send 100 applications. You have to send maybe 10, maybe 15 at the most. And so what we see happening everywhere when we talk to counselors and students is everybody gets tied up in knots figuring out, I only have this many applications. What am I going to spend them on? And let's say they're considering multiple countries that they want to go to. So they might say, well, Okay, I guess I can send three applications to Canada, three to the US, three to the UK, maybe three to Australia or New Zealand. Um, now, once you have that limited field, students are really not gonna be that open to different options. They're gonna focus on the brand names. Um, so we felt like if we just throw that whole system away and say, just write down who you are in a single profile, what your grades are and what you're looking for and what your budget is, and let any university who meets your criteria make you an offer you don't have to limit your playing field anymore you know you don't have to even um, decide you just let the offers come to you and then decide which ones you want to entertain well that's huge as you said for the equity piece you only have so many dollars to to do so many uh applications in this platform is there any cost uh to the student or is the cost um, on the administration side right it's mostly borne by the universities so we have a model where the universities carry most of the fees and they pay in proportion to the number of enrollments that come through the platform. We felt like that would be the fairest way to, to handle making this sustainable. Um, and we also were very careful not to try and push students or influence them or, you know, we're not advisors. 
Um, so we have no bias to sort of push students to our partners. We basically say, if a partner makes an offer and the student naturally is interested in entertaining it, um, then that's a great outcome from everybody. And then we get a check from the university. There's a small fee for students, a processing fee of $75, which we, we waive in the case of students who have financial need or um, you know, really for any reason that counselors need them. Um, and for $75, you can get five, six admission offers. That was the average last year was 5.8 admission offers per student. And there's no other application fees. You know, so you can actually save thousands of dollars in application fees by just going through concourse and spending $75 once. Yeah, and that's probably a going rate for one application at this point, $50, $7,500, something like that. Is that uh, about what an application fee would be these days? Yeah, depending on what country you're applying to. A lot of universities will charge even more than that. Um, you know, some charge 100, 150, some charge extra if you want to attach a portfolio piece. Um, I talked to a family recently who had spent basically $2,500 in application fees. Plus, they'd also hired a college counselor. And I thought, you know, especially if you're, if you're a low-income family um, and you, you're thinking about, do I want to file all these applications and spend all this money? And there's not even any guarantee they're going to say yes. Um, it's just not a great deal. You know, so on Concourse, I felt like just pay $75 once. And if that's hard to manage, you know, you can get a fee waiver pretty easily from us. And then that's it. No other fees. That's really amazing because I know the reason some would get that kind of investment into the process is because the, the decision is so important. Um, this is really a, a big uh, transformational experience in a, a young person's life or any learner's life. Um, and so it's just really exciting that there's a, now another option. This is a truly disruptive technology. Um, and I would imagine that one of the big benefits on the um, administration side is you're opening the pool up to a lot of potential students that may not have looked at, at your institution um, without this platform. It's true. We, uh, we actually were inspired by dating websites when we were thinking about how Concourse should work. Because we, we realized kind of after the fact, every time we sort of explained what we'd built to university admissions offices, they would tell us, you know, this is just like a dating site. You know, the university, you know, if this isn't stretching the analogy too far, they, they swipe right by admitting a student. And at that point in our platform, by the way, the student is still anonymous. That's the thing that's crazy about Concourse is we knew that um, to protect student privacy, we can't put student data in a place where everybody can just look at it and download it and spam them. So we keep their names and contact information private. The universities have to decide based on the rest of their profile if they want to make an offer. And if the student decides they're interested, then they reveal who they are. And the student swipes right by basically agreeing to share their personal information with the university and um, you know, signing a legal disclaimer. And then from there, they go into a conversation. So the student has a chance to book a meeting and discuss the offer with the university rep. So yeah, it's a, it's a conversational style. It's very personal. Um, it really gives the universities a chance to tell their stories. And to your other point, it creates a lot of connections that might never have happened, you know, because we're getting students from more than 90 countries. So, you know, a student from Zimbabwe can, can meet a rep from a college, you know, in the US um, and they can have a conversation and all get to know each other, the admissions officer, the counselor and the student. Um, to explore the possibilities. And, and, and the equity behind not seeing the, the name or the picture of the student, but really just judging that 
applicant on the merits of their application, I would think is another really positive uh, benefit to a system in a platform like this. Yeah, we, we're really all about equity and access. And we feel like, you know, our system removes bias. You know, you can't make judgments based on somebody's name. We actually made the decision not to display any information about race. Um, and, uh, but we do show things like source country and information that universities kind of need to build their class. Um, but we've found a nice balance of what's the right information to share. Um, and the other thing that we wanted to make sure is that it's a simple system and, you know, we really deeply believe, um, you know, what we've been reading by, you know, the new CEO of NACAC is Angel Perez. He writes so eloquently about um, how simpler admissions means more access. You know, the more complicated the system is, the more it's going to tip to wealthier families who can hire help to navigate the system. And so we've kept the whole thing super simple. That's amazing. And as simple as it, it is, I'm sure that there are some complexities on the back end that no one sees that make it seem that simple. That's true, actually. Under the covers, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's like a, you know, a swan sort of gliding along the surface of the water and beneath the water is, you know, frantic paddling. <laughs> exactly. And that's some of the best programs, you know, is where you just go to Google and you, you search. But obviously, there's a whole lot going on uh, behind that very simple process. Um, what, what are the the best kinds of students uh, for concourse? What, what does that student profile look like? Or is it really, um, you know, any student? That's a really good question. Um, there's a certain kind of student, as one of our counselor users told us, um, who has a banner on the wall for a particular university that they wanted to go to since they were five. Um, concourse is not for them. You know, if they, a student that has a clear vision where they want to go and a clear plan and has everything together, they're probably best off applying the conventional way. Um, and the other kind of student that's not really for is if you're really destined for the Ivy League or the most selective institutions, our platform isn't really trying to replace that um, because they have very customized admission processes that aren't gonna change anytime soon. But our platform is for everybody else. It's for the students who aren't sure what they want and need help discovering their options. And most of them, it's daunting to just dig into Google and um, you know, search the entire universe of possibility. So we tell them, look, just make a concourse profile. It's not that much difficulty. Let universities come to you who they've already self-selected are a fit for your budget and your interests and just talk to them. Um, and we've talked to students who have been through the process and a lot of them like discovered what they wanted through this process. Um, one student um, was an Egyptian, uh, a girl in Egypt who was really lost at sea. I, I had the pleasure of interviewing her and she said that it was partly because of COVID was sort of making her confused about whether she should go abroad and where she wanted to go. Um, she knew she liked math, but she wasn't really sure what major she wanted to go into. Anyway, she uh, came into concourse by an invitation from her counselor, immediately got six offers from five different countries and met with them and had a discussion with them. And one of them was a university in the UK who they just hit it off perfectly. And they had a program that she hadn't thought of, which is aeronautical engineering. And they described it and she was like, that sounds great. That's what I wanna do. You know, and um, everybody came away happy. Um, she had her option. She discovered the major she wanted. The university got a student. Um, so we wanna see, you know, tons of those stories. We've already heard a lot, but we wanna multiply it a thousandfold. 
And I love that matching story in particular is because sometimes a student may think they know what they want, but if they don't look at other options, they're not going to really know. And it sounds like this platform in this case uh, exposed a student to something beyond what they were thinking, piqued their interest and led them down that path, which is really important and really valuable um, for the students and ultimately creates better matches for the institutions, right? That this student is really into what they're doing and is going to make it through the program. Um, you mentioned COVID earlier, and I have to say, I'm pretty proud of us for going this long without mentioning COVID. But since you brought it up, uh, you know, what are the factors impacting higher ed admissions during COVID and how has Concourse responded? Right. So really, um, there's two ways to look at it. Um, part of the university's infrastructure is around figuring out how to recruit students and build their class. And one of the impacts of COVID was that a lot of those traditional mechanisms just got shut down. You know, all the people who were like traveling to high schools, going to education fairs, maybe visiting partners, everything just got shut down. So one of the things universities were forced to do really quickly is adopt virtual technology for everything. You know, first, you know, blended models for learning, which are starting to catch on and which I think are gonna be here to stay. Um, but people also turn their focus to like, how do we market our programs and reach out to students now if we can't travel? Um, and so we put our hand up and we said, we think we have a way to do it now. Um, you know, before Concourse, there were really only, you know, um, lead generators, which don't work very well as a way of generating new management programs and virtual fairs, which are kind of cool, but they're also really not really good tools for managing enrollment. Um, you tend to get sort of younger students who aren't necessarily serious um, about enrolling. So Concourse, we're really the first virtual tool that you can actually use as a channel to market. Um, you know, so COVID has been horrible for the world and I would rather it had never happened, but it has been something that was an opportunity for Concourse to step in and help with. And, and a lot of universities are adopting our unorthodox process because it works so well and it you know, and it's 100% virtual. That's amazing. And, and so while, while you've benefited, you've also provided a great service that was in need before COVID and, and now really needed more so now than ever. And so uh, as my listeners know, in our podcast, we always are looking for the silver linings of, of this terrible pandemic. And there are so many in education. And, and this is another great story um, of innovation that really was... Uh, ahead of your time as you were building this. I'm imagine that this was beginning to be built pre-COVID. It was, yeah. Uh, we, we started building this really in 2017 um, in stages. And we put the last piece of the puzzle together in, in early 2020. So it took us about three years from start to finish. The pandemic was just hitting as we came out with our, our process, which we call Global Clearing. And, and successful so far uh, in your growth. Um, what kind of success have you guys seen uh, just in a short amount of time since launching? Was it in May of 2020? It was, yeah. So uh, less than a year. Um, I guess we're coming up on month 10 now and we're super proud. We have over 48 institutions have adopted our process. They've made 3000 admission offers already through Concourse. And one number that we're very proud of is, you know, the way we present the data incentivizes universities to come up with scholarships whenever they see you know the, a gap between a student's ability to pay and their costs and we've unlocked about 40 million in scholarship offers already through the platform um, when we totaled up everything that we saw flow through um, i talked already about the 
the statistic of the 72% uh, admit rate. That's on the university side. And on the student side, 95% of the students going through the concourse process received at least one offer. So um, we're very proud of that. We're really able to deliver offers to students. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and we're, we're growing like crazy. Um, counselors are signing up faster than we can create accounts for them. Um, <laughs> we've been pre pretty much doubling uh, every quarter. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. You're, you're becoming the Zoom of, uh, of your industry, which is a really good problem to have, right? Um, in your experience in, in your short time in EdTech, um, what advantages do you feel like maybe you've had over some other competitors that have maybe been in the industry for a long time and have kind of just slowly evolved with the industry, whereas you're coming in kind of truly disrupting things. Um, and maybe it's a, an advantage that you don't have all that baggage of how things used to be done um, versus what the market really needs today. Uh, it's true. Um, I think we had two unexpected advantages. You know, one of them is just the fact that I came out of capital markets and, you know, building different types of trading systems for, you know, things that you find in the financial world. So I'm used to seeing, um, you know, quick transactions and how do you meet um, people who want something with people who can supply it. Um, that's kind of the way my brain works. And I've um, brought people into the company from my old colleagues um, from, from Wall Street. So we have this unique perspective. And then the other perspective we have is because of my wife's company and having worked side by side with recruiters for so long, we really know the details of their work. And so I think we've managed to embed concourse into the internal process of admission and recruitment departments. And I think we fit their work better, you know, than traditional solutions. I think when somebody um, doesn't really come from that unique pairing of backgrounds, they tend to just build another lead generator, you know, something that will create, you know, collect email addresses and then sort of sell it to the beginning of the funnel. There's like a hundred of those. Um, so we, we came at it with a really different viewpoint um, and, uh, and I think, you know, so far so good. Yeah. And it shows taking three years to build something right before going to market than a lot of companies that just, uh, try to put a, an MVP product together and then hope it works. Uh, it seems like you guys have really put in the work. So now I have to ask, I'm, I'm excited for the future of concourse. What, what is your vision for the future of concourse? Yeah. So uh, we, we want to expand this in stages. You know, stage one, um, we really want to build a critical mass of users and transactions and action on the platform. So we feel like last year was all about perfecting the solution and bringing it to market in the first place. And, you know, we spent the fall updating our website and building new marketing collateral and um, just getting all the details right. Um, this year is about locking in what we have. And then what we want to do next is go domestic. Um, so right now, we started with international student recruitment because universities are most willing to be flexible um, and adopt new technologies for something like that, which is a difficult problem, especially during the pandemic. Um, and usually they have some independence how international departments operate. Um, but we believe that this could be a great solution domestically. Like, why couldn't a school board, you know, uh, have all of the graduating students from a district automatically be put on concourse, maybe pull the grades out of a student information system, and then just have them start receiving offers from universities. You know, I think that's, that's where we want to go. And we hope to become a major route to university. Maybe not for everybody, but for, you know, uh, for most people. That's great. And 
in your experience, um, as a little bit of a newbie into ed tech, um, what do you feel like are some of the keys to succeeding in ed tech? Keys to succeeding in ed tech in general, that's a really interesting question. I would say two things. One of the things that's really served us well is we really believe in the lean startup methodology, you know, build, measure, learn as quickly as possible. And I think some companies make the mistake um, of getting an idea in their head and then, you know, building it out uh, to perfection and then bringing it to market before they really know if their theories are right. So one of the things that we did that I think helped us a lot is at the very beginning, we wrote down all our hypotheses on a whiteboard and we tested everything before we built, you know? And so we released it in, in phases. The first section was, you know, will high school counselors trust something like this and put their student information in knowing that there's universities on the other side? Um, what if we protect the information by making the students anonymous? So before we did anything, we didn't even write any software. Uh, we tested that by building kind of an online form that would collect student data and just pitching some high schools on, if you fill out this form with the student's information, we'll send back some recommendations for a good college for you. And we just wanted to see would anybody use it and would they trust us with their data? And when we found out if we take care of the data, we will be trusted, we ticked that box, built the counselor portal, and then we went on to test the next theory. And um, so I think my, my advice to anybody starting an ed tech company is, you know, write down 10 things that have to be true for your company to work and then figure out if you can test each thing without writing any code. Once you're sure, then go write the code. It's a lot cheaper that way. A lot cheaper, a lot more efficient, and a lot more effective uh, that you're building the right things. That's great advice. Um, I've got a bunch more questions. I wish we could keep going for hours, uh, but we're coming close to the end of our time. Um, and we're a half glass full uh, kind of podcast. So we always like to ask at the end uh, to share your favorite success story, either from 2020 or here early in 2021, uh, going into uh, the new year and, and give our audience a little bit of hope. Yeah, um, my favorite, I mean, there's so many success stories we've had. Um, probably my favorite one is um, there was a school in Costa Rica that had a, a student who was a refugee from Nicaragua um, come and just do their last year of school. And they had a challenging time trying to figure out how to navigate to university overseas and really, really keen on having an overseas education. Um, but he, he was lost and the counselor invited him to concourse. And she wrote a really beautiful, um, rather moving note of recommendation on the file, which we allow university admissions officers to see. Um, and an admissions officer in Canada read the profile and read the note and said, you know, based on this, what we're seeing here and based on the strength of this recommendation, we're gonna take a flyer and admit the student. And they kind of softened their entry requirements because they could see the full picture of the student. And one thing led to another. Um, the student is now like happily studying at that institution virtually now because there's no travel yet. But it was just one of those things that was a human connection between three parties that changed the student's life and it all happened through our platform. It's, it's my favorite success story. I couldn't think of a better note to end on, leveraging technology in this digital transformation to make human connections uh, in a real way that are having a real impact on students and on our institutions. Joe, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, thank you so much for, uh, for speaking with me. I really enjoyed the conversation. And thank you to my audience, as usual, for joining another episode of Voices of E-Learning. 
please check out past episodes and be sure to check us out as we go live again next week. Thank you so much and always, always keep learning.